I did like how last episode, even though I specifically told you after the episode when you were like, do we need to edit anything? And I'm like, yes, I very loudly opened a beer in the middle of the episode. And then it was still not recording. I thought I caught it. <laughs> well, I'm going to i'm almost done my beer so i will be opening another beer at some point should i just open it now so that you don't have to worry about it it'll just sit here open yeah probably not being drank yeah Howdy, it's Thursday, February 28th, 2019, and this is episode 93 of Do For A Win, the Atlantic City and Casino Biz Podcast. I'm Kyle Askin, joined, as always, by Craig Stone. What's good, Craig? It's good to be talking about Atlantic City. There's some news. I thought there was going to be no news, and now there is news, so that's fine. Yeah. A quick turnaround. Week and a half, right? Assuming that you get this edited tomorrow, which, who knows? Yeah, it should get up. Less, less than two weeks. We're sort of, like, back on schedule, kind of, after... A slightly delayed episode last time. Uh, so 1993. Steel Pier reopened on June 25th. It had been closed for 15 years. Resorts was using it for storage, which seems kind of familiar And if you go look at the Garden Pier. Yeah. Uh, basically, you know, Showboat is using it for storage, it seems like. I mean, it's basically... Last time I was there, it was literally just full of trash. So 1993. Steel Pier reopened, they brought back the diving diving horse. Oh my god, in nineteen ninety three. I know, right? So they thought there were gonna be a bunch of protests and it just kinda like didn't really materialize. But it was very it was like short lived. I don't know if it was one act only, but it was like definitely not an ongoing thing. It was just like a press spectacle. You'd have to think that when they did that they were hoping there was gonna be a bunch of protests, right? Oh I'm sure. I'm sure. And they were incredibly disappointed when it was just nothing. Um, so the owners, though, that opened it in 1993, or while well, they were leasing it from the Trump Taj Mahal, uh, currently own the steel pier. And there have mm-hmm. been a bunch of scares that it was going to close and like bankruptcy scares, and they're still running it. So. We've, we've talked about it on our show, certainly talked yeah. about how the only reason that it wasn't completely shut down is because it was too expensive for <laughs> some company to repossess all of the rides. Right. Yeah, the owners basically were like, go go for it. If you want to repossess them, yeah. try it. You're the one that has to like triple reinforce the boardwalk to do that. But it seems like it's doing fine now with the yeah. big observation wheel, the low roller as we like to call it. I, when we were there in September, it was, I mean, it wasn't crowded, but there were people there. Uh, so the other thing that happened in 1993 is a sad day that has only <laughs> recently been rectified, which is... Unbelievable. Yeah, New Jersey had their opportunity to authorize sports betting before the end of the year, which was a deadline set by the federal government when the PASPA, whatever it is, Professional and Amateur Sports Protection Act, is that right? Uh, Went into effect. They just failed to do it. Like, they couldn't get legislation together. And then for the next, whatever, 20-something, 25 years, there was no sports betting because of this and that's it and finally this past year we got sports betting again so very weird it's weird to read about it and just be like how do you mess this up man like this should be so straightforward and they just couldn't get it together yeah no it's i mean and that's just something that was talked about over and over again especially before sports betting 
came to Atlantic City officially. It was just what a missed opportunity this was, that they had this window. It could have happened, and it just didn't happen because of bad governance. I mean... Yeah, it seems like just the state politicians couldn't get their act together to actually agree on anything, and that was it. Yep. Classic. Yeah, Classic I mean... I, New Jersey. Obviously, like, we were not paying attention to Atlantic City politics as 10-year-olds, but it it does make me wonder how much of it's like, well, you know, it's not like sports wagering is this huge windfall of cash and at that time i'm sure the ac casinos were just raking money and i think it was still ahead of las vegas at that point right in terms of oh, yeah. citywide revenue so uh it was ahead of las vegas until like the end of the 90s i believe yeah so i'm sure they just didn't really think it was that big of a priority and then you know had regrets later mm-hmm. on deep, deep regrets deep regrets so that's right, 1993 so, yeah and I did no research, so I can neither confirm nor deny any of these or let you know if there's anything else interesting that happened. So Trust as me our and trust the press of Atlantic City. As our listeners would expect from our fine reporting. So I want to start with probably the most important piece of news that I just got into my inbox today, and I want to get your hot take on it. CET has announced that they are going to start giving away tier credits for your room rates five tier credits for every dollar you spend on both resort fees and your room rates at CET casinos. Craig, what do you think of that? That's fine. I think that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> I mean, so it's so a lot of people who are really like aspiring for tier, right? Like this doesn't really affect them because they're not paying for rooms most of the time anyway. Right. Uh, but it's it's a good way for people who go and are not big gamblers to get some points. I don't know. How, like, is it really going to get somebody to like diamond who wasn't going to get to diamond anyway? I kind of doubt it. Yeah. I mean, so here's my thing. And like, I've gotten into it with some people on the Facebook group in the past about tier credits and their value. I basically think they're completely worthless. I mean, it, if, if it was reward credits, at least that's something that would just be what a 5% discount more or less on everything. Right. But tier credits are, worthless right they're worth literally nothing unless you get to one of three pre-designed numbers right but they're worth something if you are aspiring to that tier and certainly i expect people are trying to figure out ways right now to game this in some way that you can churn a bunch of points through this whether it's like buying rooms for other people or who knows yeah i mean so I looked at the rules as much as I could because they weren't really in the email, but it, it says it's only room rates, like base room rates and taxes and resort fees. So I, I believe that stuff you charge to the room will not be included in this, at least from what the email said. And, mm-hmm. you know, we'll be able to test it out at some point in the future and we'll know. But that's, you know, there's like potential loopholes there depending on how things happen in the gift shops and stuff. But it seems like they've not allowed that to happen so if here's the thing if you're a gold player who goes to ac or vegas i don't know like five times a year right and and just don't play enough to get up to diamond but maybe you're Uh, sort of close maybe this gets you closer to those bonuses where you're doubling your points dude i mean that was like exactly me right and i was not paying for rooms yeah that's true like you're not paying for rooms if you do that (laughs) like okay i'll get like a hundred tier credits for the resort fees 
Yeah, I, it, yeah, it's one of those things that like it's not bad, but yeah, it, uh, no, I, it's just, not, I, I mean, I think it's brilliant from Caesar's perspective because people really love him and like they just like cannot stay away. I mean, I like I got into an argument in the Facebook group with people posting like all the links to like you know Caesar's other thing. I think in January or maybe it was December that every day you could log into some website and like fill out a form and click the button and they give you 25 tier credits. And I'm like, guys, this is not worth the 45 seconds that you're spending to do this every day. <laughs> uh, 25 tier credits is worthless. And they're like, Oh no, that's great. It only takes a minute. Yeah. I'd probably do that. I'd probably be the type of person like mm, just churn it and like never get anywhere close to the actual status. So I agree with you when I think people about just it love tier rationally. credits and yeah, it's sure. like not rational at all. They love them. Oh yeah. I mean, I agree. It's totally irrational, but I am also totally irrational about these types of things. So I won't begrudge anybody. their 25 tier credits a day. Like if anything, it's only going to hurt them in the long run because they're, it's going to be the end of the year. They're going to be at like 13,000 tier credits and they're going to be like, well, we have to get diamond now. <laughs> <laughs> have to go on a trip. Then they're going to lose a shit ton of money. <laughs> yeah. You, you, this is a very downer opinion of something that's gi- literally giving you something for nothing. Yeah. I, I think it's smart. If I was Caesars, I'd be giving away more tier credits. I'd be like, who wants tier credits? Take some tier credits. I mean, they sort of are, right? Like, we've talked about devaluing diamond status and how they're just created a bunch of sort of... Yeah. N- legitimately backdoor ways to get diamond but also ways to sort of shortcut your way to it through significantly less play um i mean yeah it definitely seems like they see this as a marketing tool like they see low tier status and and i would argue they even see diamond as like not a really elite status anymore um as a marketing tool like as a way as something to not necessarily give away but to (laughs) give to people for not really high rolling to get them to come back frequently and it works i think for a lot of people yeah well people Pe- love them people so. really don't want to pay those resort fees that's what i'll say so but maybe they really do want tier credits right so you know i i think there are probably a lot of people who do whatever they can to achieve diamonds just so they can be like i'm not paying those resort fees ignoring yeah. that you know 40 bucks a night you're probably like blowing through way more than that at the extra play. Yeah. Or at the machines. Yeah. That was my one piece of news I got out of my inbox this morning when I saw that. I'm just like, oh my God. Because I know people are just going to be like, oh, this is great. You're a hater. You're a tier credit hater. I am. And I, I think there it's like the worst. Like like I said, reward credits would be a million times better than tier credits. See, in my mind, I'm totally like, reward credit. That's a cent. Who cares? Tier credits. Tier, mm. tier credits. Okay. And so, I've never come anywhere close to diamond. It makes no sense. When I got diamond in a day, my expected loss was like two hundred and fifty bucks. That's playing nine six video poker, fifty thousand dollars in. Uh, so they've halved the earn rate of those machines. So I, it'd probably be like five hundred bucks to get diamond in a day. So like, what's a tier credit then? So it's like a third of a penny for each tier credit is the worth. So it's like three of them is worth maybe a reward credit, maybe. <laughs> I think that's oversimplifying. Any, anyway, regardless, I would much rather have a reward credit than a tier credit. Because a yeah. reward credit is... It, it's not quite like a real penny, but it's somewhat similar. So a tier was, credit's not really worth anything. I would now rather have a reward credit because I don't really have any interest in 
whatever Caesars has to offer me for the most part. Two 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 years ago, you'd have rather had the tier credit. Yeah, probably, and which was foolish. Which at the is time ridiculous as well. because you've never had more than like a thousand tier credits at the end of the year. <laughs> I think I had like two thousand last year, <laughs> which was I think probably my high by a lot. Yeah. Year. That's how you know that I am a high roller. Respect. Yeah. I mean, if, if nothing else, I mean, I guess you can understand why people just cannot get enough of tier credits. Oh, I can absolutely understand it. Like, I get these little bonuses that are like, we kicked you 100 tier credits for, like, no reason at all. Like, you happen to come on a Wednesday, and I'm just like, sweet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Something about it, like, it's almost like playing Pac-Man or whatever. It's like, oh, I beat my personal best for the year in tier credits. Like, that doesn't mean anything, but it makes <laughs> me feel good. Anyways, that's enough tier credit talk. Yep. <laughs> So anyway, uh, New Jersey Transit has finally announced when they're going to open up the train that goes between Philly and Atlantic City again, and they have announced it for May 24th. So when is Memorial Day this year, Craig? That weekend. Yes, May 27th is Memorial Day. So the 24th is the Friday before. So So you had a hot tier credit take, and I'll have a hot take on this. I Uh don't think this date means anything. No, I think, I think they that's their goal. I think well, I think they set the latest possible date that they could say out loud. Right. So you and think they're going to get open it up before this? I think it's possible to open up before this. I think it's totally possible that they just delay. I don't think this date means anything. And the governor pressured them to give a date, and so he's like, "You need to like let the people know, basically, right? Like what what it is. We need transparency and all that jazz." And so they gave a date, and it's like this is if I you could have asked me to pick a date. And I would have said, like, May 25th or something, right? Like, right before Memorial Day. If I had to pick a date that they were going to say, (laughs) right? Like, that's what I would have bet on. Because it's a date that, like, they can't say after Memorial Day. They can't. Like, it's way better to say before Memorial Day now and then have to delay later and be like, oh, we just couldn't get it done in time. But you can't say later than that. And, like, if you say now and it gets done way earlier, you're like, look at us. We're awesome. Like, we yeah. kicked so much ass that we got never, never, never mind that this has been closed for a million years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, like, the path in North Jersey going into the city, going to the city, I expect everybody to know what that means. It's going to New York. Um, Not ha- Philadelphia. No. Um, had a closure where it was closed on weekends um, on one of the lines, and it was supposed to be closed, like, through the spring or something. And it, they finished up early. And it was like, whoa, amazing, it's open. And I remember when they first set a date, I was like, there's no way. Like, this is going to be going on for months after this. And then it didn't. So who knows? Maybe they will get it done. Uh, I would never bet on New Jersey Transit to do anything more efficiently than they say they're going to do it. But... I mean, the transit isn't necessary there. Just <laughs> That's a good point. But I just, I just don't think the date means anything. Like, I think that this is just a date they could say. I would always bet on New Jersey to have cost overruns and everything they do, though. That's true because probably for kickbacks to the mob that is 100 percent correct <laughs> it's uh, hard to give kickbacks when you don't go over budget yeah good talk <laughs> all right so ocean ocean is a thing yeah everything's going great they got rid of bruce dyfik and now everything is rosy that's what i'm told <laughs> that's what so our friend uh, wayne perry put out an article today um about how uh basically according to them things are going way better you know they're in compliance with the uh casino control commission regulations once again and 
you know, they've noticed, uh, I think it was like noticeable improvement in their money or in their revenues already since the new management's come in. Uh, yeah. So, so is, is everything good at ocean again? Has to be, you got to take them for their word. Um, yeah, they wouldn't lie about that. And this is temporary management, by the way, because the um, Luxor Capital Group, the hedge fund, uh, no relation to Luxor in Las Vegas. I feel obligated to say that every time we mention it. Uh, they don't have their gaming license yet. So right now, I noticed you use a lot of pronouns and you didn't want to try to pronounce this guy's name. So I'm going to take a stab at it. Eric Marievich. That's what I'm going with. Seems legit. Okay, so he's overseeing the property while Luxor Capital Group goes through the licensing process. Uh, he says they are now meeting all of the cash on hand requirements. He is the, um, so yeah, uh, he was the COO of Atlantic Club before it shut down. He was previously the chief financial financial officer at Resorts International in the early 2000s. Uh, uh, yes. Which, did you know who they were partnered with? Atlantic, Atlantic City Hilton? Yes, right. He has a deep history in that building. Yes, he <laughs> does. Like. We need to, we should get him on the show. Um we should be like, be like, you know who tell else? Tell us all about the Atlantic Club. It's like, don't you want to talk about ocean and, and our marketing? And, what and we're, we're like, no. Like, no. Tell us about, like, the columns. Like, so the what, polish, what polish did you use on the marble in <laughs> in the interior of, of the Atlantic Club? That's what we want to know. Yeah. Like, specific details. What happened to the video poker machines from the Dizzy Dolphin? Yeah. Uh, where can we get the French onion soup from the coffee shop? Anyways. They have a new marketing plan focused on customer value. And so what Matijevich said is the prior two owners advertised this property as a resort. We view ourselves as a great casino property with beautiful resort amenities. Uh, so that's, you know, marketing speak. But yeah, it's, it sounds pretty much the same to me. <laughs> but it does, it's interesting because it seems like they are pushing this like we have great value. Which I think they do, right? Like, I think they were pretty generous to players. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think, so there's been some speculation in the Facebook group that people are like, yeah, my offers have been better recently. And at least for me, my offers, I think, are have been a lot better recently. But it just seems like, crazy to me that to, like, position this as a value property, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I think, I think it's, like, horrible long-term, but... <laughs> Yeah, and I, I it's almost a hedge fund. <laughs> it, it almost makes me wonder, like, do people who want a value property like is this even what they no want? It's or, it's like, not... do they even consider it? They're over at resorts, man. Yeah. Like, what if what if Ocean all of a sudden had like five dollar blackjack all the time? Well, so let's 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 back off of this a little bit because I want to say something else, and we'll we'll come back around to it. So there was a post in the Facebook group of someone just being like, what needs to be done to fix ocean? And there was like 50 responses and they got a little heated at times. They delete some comments, but for the most part, it was a pretty interesting conversation. And uh, I mean, I think a lot of the people are kind of thinking along the same lines as you or the speculation that you just put out there for me to talk about. Right. They're like, you know, they just need to offer really fantastic games. And that seems to come up a lot, right? Like whether it be on other podcasts or just kind of people have this feeling that, you know, the reason that casinos aren't making money is because they're too greedy. You know, it's things like six to five blackjack and 
double odds on craps that's really costing them money. So why don't you answer your own question? Like, what do you think would happen if they offered $5 blackjack? I feel like objectively, how does anybody else compete with just the nicest property on the boardwalk offering the best games? But there's something about it that just like doesn't jive in my mind with like the brand positioning of the property. And it's hard right. to change that after the fact. So I, I think even if they plastered everywhere that they had $5 blackjack all the time, I would still like never think that they had $5 blackjack. And I think that, I mean, I think that that strategy, the strategy that people always push about, like, you want to be the best game in town and that's how you get business. Like, you want to be the fairest game in town and and have the best odds for the player. I don't think it's 100% off base. I mean, I think in most circumstances it's probably like 90% off base, but... I think especially at a property like Revel, like it feels off base to me because yeah, Revel's a luxury property, right? And like it's, you it's, can't. It's built to ooze luxury, right? Right. You can't frame that property in any other way. And I would say that like, you know, if anyone in Atlantic City offered six to five blackjack, which for the most part they don't, right? It's It feels like it should be Ocean and it should be Borgata, right? Yeah, and maybe Hard Rock, just because they're getting a bunch of people I don't who even, are not I don't think Hard Rock's in that same class. Well, I say Hard Rock more because, you know, where you see a lot of... Or originally, when 6 to 5 started to creep into Vegas, where you saw it a lot was in, like, the party pits and stuff. And I feel like that's the crowd of that... But they don't have party pits at Hard Rock. I actually yeah. think that would be, like, if anyone was going to have kind of the dancing girls in Atlantic City, which... I haven't seen in years in Atlantic City, honestly. I, have you seen any? They, I mean, they used to have them at the Toga Bar. At the yeah, okay. Caesars. So to- Toga Bar has um, so at least probably in the summer. I mean, we don't go summer weekends a whole lot either. Which is, if they were to be there, that would be when. Right. I feel like I've seen them at Tropicana. Oh, of course, Revel had them too. Obviously. Oh yeah. Ocean Ocean still does. The the Royal Jelly Burlesque Club. That's right. Just ass out everywhere. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know why I forgot that. Because that's hard <laughs> to miss, and they are actually out quite a bit there. Yeah. So that's where, if if any one place was going to have six to five blackjack in Atlantic City, that's where I would guess it, it should be Ocean, and it should be right, yeah around the Royal, Royal Jelly, Jelly yeah. area, and that would make perfect sense. So I don't necessarily think it's uh, a question of you know if Ocean lowered their limits and improved their odds. Like, that would be the thing that saved them. You think it would be like more ass? Uh, I I don't think that would be the thing that saved them either. But <laughs> I think it's worth a try. I think they should definitely try it. Uh, so the other thing though that came up a bunch of times in that Facebook conversation is completing the rooms. Right? Like there's 500 rooms I think in there that need to be completed. Right. Uh, which it was originally announced that that was going to happen, but now they've pulled back on it and said that maybe it's going to happen maybe it won't yeah and yeah i don't know i don't know what the thinking is i mean i definitely would say it probably hampers them a little bit in the summer when you can't your your capacity is basically just limited um but who knows what the actual work is that needs to be done i mean i've heard that basically they just need to be furnished they're like ready to go they just need furnish furnishings but i don't know if that's true or not you know who knows what kind of state of disrepair they're in after not being used forever but uh yeah, I don't know. It would be interesting to see 
what happens with that? I mean, presumably they'd be like indistinguishable from the rest of the rooms in the ocean. But uh, yeah, I mean, what do you think? Is that like the savior of ocean? I mean, something like that. I think it's just someone needs to open up a spreadsheet and look at how much it would cost and what they think it would return in the summer because there's not even like, you know, that many fixed costs associated with finishing those rooms because when it's a quiet time, you just don't rent them, right? And you don't have to worry about housekeeping or maintenance or whatever because they're just going to sit there. And, you know, you have to run AC and heating regardless of whether or not people are using it. So... Yeah, just close off entire floors in January, February, yeah. and otherwise use them in the summer. Yeah, or entire elevator banks. You could just close off the whole middle of the rank because there's three yeah. separate elevator banks. Yep. I mean, like, look, Borgata only runs Water Club now Friday, Saturday. So I don't know. Anything else you want to say about Ocean? I mean, I, I don't fully believe them that everything's great, but I, I will say, Craig, does this make you feel better about our bet that they're like, we've had noticeable improvement in our numbers? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how much I, you know, who knows if, if that's gambling revenue or what, like, that could be anything, right? Like, they could be like, yeah, a lot of people are eating a Wahlburgers. It's great. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't feel great. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I think having more stable money for now is a good thing. I don't think it's a good long-term solution to have a hedge fund running it, but it, it seemed like Dyfic kind of needed to be out. At least that's my sense. I mean, I, I mean, obviously they were short on cash. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily the case. If you believe what they're saying, then it was the case, but I don't really. So, Except they didn't have enough cash. They oh, were not in compliance. Sure. I mean. It's not but, like this hedge fund could have just given them the cash that they've right, now right, put into I the mean, property. <laughs> They think needed to be out because the hedge fund wanted them out. And right. That's fine. But I don't really have any opinion either way on whether he was the problem with it. I actually think he wasn't. I think it's kind of deeper issues there. But we've talked about that a million times. So A million and one. <laughs> Our friend Carl Icahn. Speaking friend of ownership. Of the, friend of the podcast. <laughs> yes, best friend. We go way back, Carl Icahn. And the dude from we've certainly podcast. been talking about him on the podcast for a long time. That's true. So we mentioned last episode that he has built a stake in Caesars and was pushing them to sell. And that has continued to happen since our last recording. And one of the names that's come up. So along with trying to get them to sell, he's trying to select or get enough board seats to select the next CEO of Caesars. And a name that's come up is Tony Radio, who, of course, ran or was the president of Tropicana, which is or was a casino that Icon owned. He sold it very recently, but uh, I don't know. you have any any thoughts on what Icon's doing? Uh, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think there's too much to add in terms of the selling stuff. I mean, obviously we know now he's confirmed he has a 9.8% stake. He is apparently getting some board seats. Uh, I guess meaning like he's getting a board seat and he's getting to yeah. name some other people but uh and he's going to have a role in naming the new ceo uh because mark Fasorda, the current ceo is stepping down soon so tony tony rodeo is interesting just because he just recently took a, the ceo job at affinity gaming uh, obviously caesar's is a giant way company yeah. it's a way bigger job 
it's it's interesting because like obviously it's a big vote of confidence for Tony Rodeo and he did really good things at Tropicana, but I mean Caesars is just so massive. It's just weird to think you go from running Tropicana to like running this giant giant national corporation, but at the same time, I mean Marco Fasora was at Hertz car rental place, which is a giant chain, but it has nothing to do with gambling. So, you know, at some point you've got to say, give the guy a shot who actually has proven that he does well in, in the gambling environment. Uh, so I don't, I, two, I don't know. Two I have words a lot. for you, Craig. Gary Lovin. Oh, I actually, when they announced that Frisora was stepping down, there was a part of me that's like, would they really go back to Lovin? No, uh, never. <laughs> <laughs> never underestimate Caesars. To make Never the weirdest again. decision possible. Uh, I do like that. Uh, I don't know what it was like at your school, but as an MBA, uh, you know, graduate, certainly all of my teachers spoke with reverence about Gary Loveman, being that he was just like a business school teacher that yeah. <laughs> came in and ran a big company. And this was back in 2007 or whatever and they're just like wow I mean, you know this business school teacher look what happened to him he came in and did like such an amazing job and oh yeah he was quoted in like textbooks yeah about no, yeah like information systems and well, how to implement yeah. information systems like, certainly, yeah, he i think stuff. he did do a good job with that yeah um but it was funny i remember one of his quotes in an actual textbook was talking about how they dug into the data once he took over into their player school data and like saw this demographic information about who was doing gambling and who wasn't and what they basically realized was like screw anyone who's under 35 years old because they don't have any money um and his actual quote was like god love you but we don't need you and i was like ooh, that's not a really a good thing to say about anybody who's a potential customer um especially because at the time i fit into the i don't remember if it was under 35 or under 40 but uh, uh it is interesting i mean i know there's been a lot of debate about like, do millennials, are millennials really, like, straying away from gambling, or are they just at an age where people have never gambled, which I think there's definitely some truth to that. Like, people under 40, historically, have just not gambled much. Uh, it, it was just funny that he was so direct about that. <laughs> Gary Loveman. Yeah. A legend. Truly a legend. Yes, indeed. And so something else that came up is that uh, CET... Uh, has claimed that none of the offers they've received so far to basically be bought or merge with someone else have been good enough. So, but Icon is still kind of pushing them in that direction. Not good enough for their shareholders, apparently. Yes. Uh, but I don't know how true that is. <laughs> right. <laughs> Since, I don't know, that Tillman Fertitta offer seemed pretty good. All right. Anyway, the next story I'm going to be on strike during and will not talk about, so go right ahead. You're not going to talk about Atlanta Club with me? Our favorite? We just talked about it and how much we loved it and how we want to talk about the marble polish. <laughs> uh, so there's, there's an article we've had for a few weeks now, Route40.com. I'll link to it. Um, there was a notice of settlement filed with the city saying that TJM, who owns Atlantic Club and the Claridge, has an agreement in place to sell Atlantic Club to Jeffrey Smolinski and North American Acquisitions. We know precious little about Jeffrey Smolinski. Uh, TJM denies that there's any agreement in place, which, if you remember the Bruce Dyfic ocean situation, uh, Glenn Straub also vehemently denied that there was any agreement in place, and he was like, people could file whatever they want. Um so this was filed 
in, on January 15th. And so they have 60 days from the deadline, which means they basically have until like mid-March. So if we're going to hear about it, we're going to hear about it in the next couple weeks. So we'll see. Um, I don't know what to think because it just really hasn't been much. There hasn't been much talk about it. I mean, obviously, Atlantic Club, not as high profile as Revel 10 and Ocean. But how dare you? Yeah, I know. I just feel sad to say. So who knows? Who knows? We don't know anything about the group. We don't know if this is true or not. Um, there hasn't been. We haven't heard about any more filings or anything like that. But uh, you know, it's possible also that TJM if that they have some agreement in place, but that maybe it falls through. So like, I know everybody's just going to be like, Oh, we totally got lied to. And like, we got faked out if we don't hear anything, but you know, sometimes things are accurate, accurately reported based on the information we have at the time and then fall through. Right. Like, I feel like that happens a lot with rumors. So that's just my journalist disclaimer. There is like, you know, <laughs> yes, this is our third time through, through the ringer right. on the Atlantic club at least. Uh, but you know, Everything is just reporting like what we know now. Uh, I mean, so. so, yeah, my two thoughts are, you know, we've heard this story before. Financing always falls through because it's the Atlanta Club. Nobody wants to finance that. We and do, two, but we just don't have the means. <laughs> okay, yes, we have the desire, but not the means, which we do not have the means because of poor judgment, given that we want to fund the Atlanta Club. <laughs> <laughs> Like if we went to a bank and we were like asking for a loan for something totally unrelated, like a bank shouldn't even fund our mortgage. Right. So we're like, you know, what we really love the Atlanta <laughs> club and we want to bring it back. And we're like, Oh, red flags, red flags everywhere. <laughs> all of our credit cards get closed. Yeah. yeah. When this episode comes out and we all like all our credit lines are closed the next day, we'll be like, Oh, right. shouldn't have brought that up. You now live in the cash only world. <laughs> uh, boy. So, yep. Yeah. And uh, we'll see what happens in the middle of March because, like you said, this did happen with Revel, but it's just we've been down this road so many times with the Atlantic Club and no one ever actually has financing. So, Yeah. but I'm not optimistic about it. We'll sale. see. Do you so, like pizza? Do you want to talk about pizza? Yeah, of course. There's a pizza and cocktail place that is going to open up on Tennessee Ave between Heyday Coffee and Made Chocolate. Uh, this is from our friend Eleanor at Route 40. It's called Rhythm and Spirits. Uh, it's the same developers as Heyday Coffee, and it's getting CRDA funds to refurbish the space, right? Not CRDA. It's another state agency. Okay. N-J-E-D-A, I think. Um, All right. But anyways, grant funds. Uh, so... Can I read the marketing speak? You know how much I love to read. Yes, I, I yes. I thought you were going to go for it. I you like, can absolutely me. not. Uh, you can only read this marketing speak if you also go back and read the Kiss Kiss a Go Go marketing speak. Uh, dispassionate. It will be dispassionate pizza. Rhythm and spirit. <laughs> it's a classic from episode twelve or something. Okay, so the space evolves as the day progresses, featuring live entertainment, including local and national touring acts. I like the evolution of the space as the day progresses. That's like A-plus Vegas-style marketing speak. Uh, theme nights and soon-to-be-legendary high-tea dance parties at noon every Sunday, featuring drag shows, DJs, and much more. Does that make you want to go get a cocktail and some pizza? Uh, it's a lot. I So, like, there's, like, so many disparate things that it sounds like they're trying to do. 
I just want it to be so weird. That's what I want. And it seems like it it's, could be. It sounds like it, right? So what what I really don't want it to be is just sort of like looks like a normal pizza place and has a bunch of disjointed entertainment, which it certainly could be. But like Atlantic like I love like weird Atlantic City. I won't even mention the name of what I think falls into that category. <laughs> but I feel like this could just be like so out there and weird and awesome that it would be really cool and it's like in that Tennessee orange loop that uh, is getting built up. So, yeah, I mean I'm inter- interested to see where this goes. I don't even know what what so what is the weird Atlantic City? I mean, Irish Pub's pretty weird. Oh, okay. I I gotcha. It's not weird, it's just bad. Uh yeah, I don't know. Sounds pretty cool. I mean, I don't know how they're gonna compete in the pizza market with Joe Rock Cafe though, the proven <laughs> best pizza in yeah. Atlantic City. Also weird. So where do you think the best pizza in Atlantic City is? Tony's. Tony's Baltimore Grill. Baltimore Grill. Not Tony yes. Bologna's. Yes. Oh yeah, not Tony Bologna's, not yeah. A lot mm-hmm. of a lot of Tony's. Yeah, Tony's Baltimore Grill. Yeah, I was I'm not blown away by Tony Bologna's. I know people love it, but it's so Tony Bologna's. I think it's, it's fine. Tony Bologna's is a very specific like style of drunk food, which is funny because we say that like Tony's Baltimore Grill is like 100 percent drunk food. See, I think maybe for me it's like I'm too traditional in pizza, right? Like I don't need my pizza with like all this weird stuff on it. Right. So that's what Tony Bologna's is like. Like they won't just make you like a regular cheesesteak. It's got to have like a bunch of shit on it. And the same thing with the pizza. Like they made the crazy taco pizza that got national attention, and like all their pizzas, like it has teriyaki chicken on it. And it's like okay. Which, I, you know, I think that stuff's good, but, like, when I want pizza, that's not what I want. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm the man who ordered barbecue chicken at Joe Rock Cafe <laughs> and still talk about it to this day. So sometimes I guess I want a little bit of spice in my pizza. But yeah. that was Maybe you are the one who made a terrible mistake. Yeah, maybe Joe Rock Cafe is good and just barbecue chicken pizza sucks because it doesn't even sound like something that's good to me right now. But so having apparently gone, when I'm 15 beers in, yeah, no, it sounds you, pretty good. I understand the desire for some subsidence. You know, when you're 15 beers deep, but the <laughs> biggest like, thing is some barbecue sauce. when it's a slice shop, right? Like those things just sitting out there and then they throw it back. Like the chicken gets all like hard and gross. <laughs> like it really doesn't. I've had many like fried chicken related like slices in New York mm. and I'm always like, this is just not good. Like I should have just gotten yeah. a normal freaking slice. Maybe Joe Rock Cafe is, is high quality and just <laughs> it was me who was an idiot for getting barbecue chicken. Know. Well. I never intend to give it a chance, so. Oh, I'll give it a chance next time I'm drunk walking down the boardwalk. <laughs> really? You're going to see that and be like, mm, nah, nah, I don't need to do that. But what is better when you're drunk than just a big slice of pizza? Very few things. Very few things. It was quite expensive, too, by the way. That's the worst. It was like six something or for seven. A sl- or for something. one slice? Yeah, it was. It was expensive. That's too much. All right. If you want to reach out to us, you can do so at our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash do for a win. And also talk to our other great listeners who may or may not actually listen to the podcast. <laughs> uh, you can find all of our content at do for win.com. Find our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn Radio. Send Craig any questions on Twitter at do for a win or uh, email at do for a win at gmail.com. Any last words, Craig? No, I feel like we need an Atlantic City trip on the books. I know. It's. It's, it feels odd and wrong, and it's been several months. And I know you had another trip, and that's fine. Cheated on Atlantic City. 
Something uh, you would never do. Something I would never do at the end of July, July 28th, August 1st, Vegas. Uh, but yeah, we, I don't know. I feel like I, I need to be thinking about that and trying to figure it out. Um, Next yeah. weekend. No. Well, I'll see you next weekend. It's settled. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, we'll talk to you guys in a in a, a week or two, probably in a week and a half or two weeks. And uh, thank you again for listening. And we'll figure out when we're going to Atlantic City. Will we? No. Frank Gilliam had his charges dropped, by the way. But I feel like the Golden Nugget brawl charges kind of don't mean too much when the FBI is also raiding your house about something not related to that. Yes. That's what I think.